Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Okay, in a few moments, we're going to boil people in water, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, why have done that? I had to stay at 132 if Lee would have got it right. <sighs> but before we do that, I'm going to share a, few mes- a short message with you, and short is relative, amen? But I want to talk to you this morning because, and I also want to encourage you that if you're here in the second service, that you check out the stream, the live stream from this morning's service because the message there is totally different from the message you're going to get. It, the, the, the interesting thing about when you do two services is most of the time I will come in and I will speak the same message in both services. Yet, how many of you know we're led by the Spirit of God? And when we're led by the Spirit of God, he has a tendency to change the plan every now and then. Well, this morning, in the first service, he changed the plan. And God just had me minister a message off the cuff, if you will, but also going around and using that message and speaking into people's lives and using their lives as a testimony and encouragement to what God was saying to the body. And I want to encourage you, if you need some encouragement, go see that stream, watch that sermon, and you'll find some encouragement there. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is, here's the title of the message this morning. Um, I think it's coming up. So there you go. What must I do? What must I do? And I'm going to talk to you this morning a little bit. We're going to talk about baptism. We're going to talk about it in the book of Acts, if you will. Because if you look in the book of Acts, there's a number of places where it demonstrates where people were baptized in water. Now, let me say right off the bat, baptism does not save you. How many know this morning? Maybe remind the body, remind the saints, those of you who may not know, some of us that grow up in, uh, that may have grew up in a Catholic context and we believe about original sin and we're baptized and that is taken away in water. No, 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 no. Let me tell you how the sin is taken away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Sin is atoned for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not by baptism, although we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, so let me show you a few scriptures just to kind of preface this message. The first would be in chapter 2. The Bible tells us that 3,000 people got saved that day. Peter got up and preached. And the scripture tells us that those who accepted or received his message were baptized, and 3,000 were added to their number that day. I can't even imagine what it would be like to have a 3,000-person altar call. I can't imagine what it would be like to baptize 3,000 people in one day. Watch this. We move on. But then in chapter 8, Philip goes to a city in Samaria. In this city in Samaria, the Bible says that when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, how many know the two are inseparable? The kingdom and Jesus are inseparable messages. They were baptized, both men and women. Let me show you another place. Even in the, uh, that same city there was a sorcerer named Simon. The Bible says that Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. All right, and then chapter 8 of, or chapter, verse 36, there's a man named by the Ethiopian eunuch who had come to the city to worship, and yet because of his physical condition, he would have been only allowed to go so far into the temple. Therefore, he was rejected. But he is sitting along the road in his chariot reading the scroll of Isaiah. And Philip is up behind him and hears him reading this. He says, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I unless somebody tells me? How many know that those of you who are saved today, 
is because somebody shared the message of Jesus Christ with you. Thank you for that rousing response. <laughs> maybe I mistook. Maybe none of you are saved today. He said amen. He needs to shout it, man. Amen. All right. So Philip then begins to explain it to him. And all of a sudden, the Ethiopian eunuch says, what's preventing me to be baptized? Philip says, nothing. Just believe. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Here's another one. Chapter 9. The apostle Paul, who was Saul, the persecutor of the church, is out murdering the church, killing people, putting them in prison, on the road to Damascus, has an encounter with Jesus. I mean, Jesus himself preached to him, right? Has a revelation. And then he was at Straight Street, right? Ananias comes, preaches the gospel, lays hands on him, baptizes him. Immediately something uh, like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. One more. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with him a few days. This was a man named Cornelius. Cornelius, the Bible says, was a good man, a righteous man, a devout man who gave gifts to the poor. He was a good, good man. And yet, how many know you can be a good man, and how many know you can be um, a good man and yet not be saved? How many know you can be a good man on your way to hell? How many know you can be a good man and not be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ? Because how many know we're not saved by good works? We're not saved by being good. We're saved because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And so every one of these situations has something that happened in it. I want you to see this because I want you to hear it this morning. And I want you to pay attention this morning. I don't care if you've been saved 900 years or if you've been saved nine minutes or you're not saved at all. There's a message for you this morning and that message is Jesus Christ crucified, he died, he was buried and he rose again to pay for your sins. All right? And, and so every one of these occasions something happened. The Bible says in every one of these, there was the message of Jesus Christ that was preached. It was the catalyst for men to then be water baptized, okay? And this was a catalyst. Look at this for a moment. That message, what was it? Christ crucified, all right? The message of the cross. The message of the cross is that it's the blood of Jesus on the cross where he was killed that paid for your sins. Listen to me this morning. You deserve to be on that cross. Your sin should have put you on the cross. Your sin, you would have died in your sin except for Jesus on the cross, Christ crucified, and then they buried him, right? And how many know, the Bible says, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, our faith is futile. If he wasn't raised from the dead, our faith is worthless. Our hope and our faith is founded upon what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And then it was Christ buried and Christ raised from the dead. Now watch what 1 Peter, Peter says this. 1 Peter says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the message of the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Think about this for a moment. I want to talk to you about two ways Christ suffered. Number one, how many know he suffered physically when he went to the cross? How many know that he suffered, he was beaten, he was whipped, he was pierced in his side, a crown of thorns on his head, nails run through his hands and his feet, putting him to the cross. And he endured the shame and he endured the cross because of you and I, for the sins of humanity. And that God the Father did this because the Bible says, what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whomever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, the Father gave the son to go through that horrible suffering. And it was terrible suffering. But yet I want you to know something. 
there's a second way that he suffered. And the second way that he suffered is, I mean, the Bible says that he took the sins of the world upon himself. Do you understand what it would be like to bear the sin of the world? The one who knew no sin, the one who did not know how to sin, the one that never sinned, took all the sins of the world upon himself. Imagine for a moment that in this place, that all of a sudden you could bear the burden of every problem in the world. Imagine for a moment the weight of the world could be put on your shoulders for a season. Some of us can't handle going to work tomorrow morning. Some of us can't handle watching a little bit of news and get a little heartache. Come on. Some of us can't handle Hallmark commercials. How many, like, how many ever see those dog commercials like they're suffering? I flip the channel on those. It's like, okay. Why? Because I don't want to bear that pain at the moment. I got to get my wife a box of tissues when it starts. But Jesus suffered through physical, but he suffered when he took the sins of the world upon himself. But he suffered, watch this, when his father had to turn his face from him for a season. When he had to turn his face from his son who had took on the sin of the world. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Imagine the suffering that he went through physically, mentally, spiritually. That cross was a place where the the, the guiltless died for the guilty. The innocent died for the guilty. The sinless one died for the sinful ones. That the holy one died for the unholy. That the spotless one died for the spotted. The unblemished died for the blemish. The righteous one died for the unrighteous. You see, this message was preached. This message was preached to those 3,000 in chapter 2. This message was preached in that city in Samaria. That message was preached to that Ethiopian eunuch. That message was preached to Paul. That message was preached to Cornelius. And let me tell you what happens. When you hear the message of Jesus Christ and you hear the message of Calvary, something happens in us. When we hear the message, he took my sin. He took my punishment upon himself. When we hear that, something happens in us like this. The message causes me to say, what must I do? In chapter 2, those 3,000 heard Peter, and they said, what should we do? What can we do about this? We were guilty. He took our sins. What should I do? Look at Cornelius. He said, send, a, send to Joppa for Simon, and he'll tell you what you must do. See, the message causes something in sinful man when there's a conviction by the Holy Spirit that says, what am I going to do? What can I do about this? I can't save myself. I can't pay. What do I do? And, Jesus, and then watch from this. They said that in chapter 2. And Peter says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and believe. The Roman jailer who had guarded Paul and Silas after casting out that demon out of that little slave girl at midnight, they're singing praises to God. God miraculously opens prison doors and breaks the chains. And the jailer says to himself, I'm responsible. They're going to escape. And he went to kill himself. And Paul says, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm out of here. Like, I'm gone. Do it. Do it good. You just beat me. <laughs> and yet Paul says, don't harm yourself. And what did he say? Here's what, here, listen to me. This man saw two men in prison for casting demon out of a little girl. 
Then he saw them whipped and beaten and put in stocks, and then he heard them praising God at midnight. Come on, how many know your praise is a testimony to God? How many know when you praise God through trial and tribulation and heartache? It's a, it's a testimony to those around you. And then God worked miraculously on their behalf. And yet they did nothing. And all of a sudden, he said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? He said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the message, the message of Jesus can only be received by belief in the message. Right? I hear it. That Jesus died for me. That he was buried and he rose again because of that, my sins can be paid for. I can have everlasting life. I can be at peace with God. I can be reconciled to God. But the only way that happens is that I have to receive it by faith. I have to receive it by belief. How many know faith is a great thing, but hard thing sometimes? You see, but here's the thing. The message of Jesus can only be received by belief in the person of Jesus. You're not believing in a theory. You're not believing in a theology, although we understand theology. You're not believing in a philosophy. You're believing in a person. You see, I believe far more in some people than I do processes. I believe far more. How many know that the the process, the message is only as good as the person who the message is about? The message is of no good if the person isn't good. It is the person of Jesus who emptied himself of his glory, took on the form of a man, despised the shame of the cross, went there for you and me. You see, my, my faith, my belief for my salvation today has nothing to do with this hot mess. Because I am a hot mess. Actually, I prefer to say spicy disaster. How many, how, many, how many want to be a spicy disaster? Like, do you raise your hand for anything? <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm having fun with you. Like, I'm a hot mess. I'm not saved because I'm Pastor Jim. I'm not, I'm not righteous on my own works. It's the person of Jesus Christ. It's who I am in him. You see, some people want to receive a message of going to church. Go to church all you want, but without Jesus, you're just going to church. You're just going to a social gathering. Without Jesus, you're still going to hell. Without Jesus, you can give all your money away. Without Jesus, you can do all the good works you want. Without Jesus, you can try not to cuss, and you can try not, all kinds. You can try not to do this, that, and the other thing. Your salvation is in one person and one person alone, and his name is Jesus. The message can only be received by belief in the person. The message of Jesus received by faith is the message acted upon. How do you know when you've received the message? Because you now operate with faith and action to the message. If you had faith this morning to believe that I would give you a million dollars if you walked up here, how many of you would you come? Thankfully, I got a hand raised. But here's the problem. None of you have faith in me that I have a million dollars on me. Can I get an amen? Thank you for breathing. Right. You're not going to, if I said to you, come up here, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Ain't none of you coming up here. (laughs) You're like, get lost. 
But if I said, you come up here, I'll give you 20 bucks, I'll bet you'd come. Because I think you could believe for that. You see, here's the point. The, the point is this. That when I hear the message of Jesus, and I have the belief in Jesus, now that belief has to be backed up with faith and action. I, wa- I, want you to say, I, wa- I want you to know what happened. Every one of these people, listen to me, every one of these occasions I just showed you in the book of Acts, they heard this message, something prompted in them, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. What do I got to do to be saved? Repent, believe. And then they were baptized. But what was the baptism about? Listen to me this morning. You're not bap- getting baptized to get saved. You're baptized and getting baptized because you are saved. You see, Peter says it this way. He talked about the, using the illustration of Noah. He said, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, but not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. Hmm. How can I, a wretched man, with sinful thoughts, Anybody here ever have sinful thoughts? Okay, a few more honest people in the house. Praise the Lord. And how many, know, how many of you ever have a sinful thought and then you find yourself condemning yourself? Okay? And I believe we should be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Conviction is God condemning our sinfulness without condemning sinful man. Okay? But what happens is now, I, the Bible says, I can have a pledge of a clear conscience towards God. That now I know it's not because I've made my conscience clear, but my conscience has been made clear now by Jesus Christ. That Jesus, by, has, by his blood, has washed me of my sin, has taken away my sin, and now I have a clear conscience before God. And now that, the, the, what, I, what I'm doing in baptism is I'm saying, you know what? I've heard the message. I received the message, I'm acting on this message, and I want to be baptized as, a, as an indication that I have a pure conscience before God and as an indication that there is a transition taking place in my life. Because how many know salvation is a transition in your life? All right, now watch this. So the message of Jesus caused men, when they heard it, to repent, believe, and be baptized. And this baptism was an indication that a transition took place. Now, I want you to see something with me. When you look in the book of Acts, it is incredibly interesting to me. The first baptism we see is 3,000 Jews. God's people, lost. A religious people who had a knowledge of God, but not a knowledge of salvation. They had a knowledge of God, but they were part of that which crucified Jesus. And then you have this second group of people who were baptized, Samaritans, half-breeds. Most of them were from the 10 northern tribes of Israel. It was interesting to me. We call them the lost tribes of Israel. I would suggest to you that the day they got saved, they were no longer lost. Because now they were in the same family as the other ones that came from the tribe of Judah. They came from Judah, which were the two southern tribes. You see, stick with me. So now you have 3,000 religious people getting saved. You got, now you got this city in Samaria, there's these half-breed, lost people, and then you go from there, and then you find where all of a sudden here's this Ethiopian eunuch who is an outcast, and then you go from there, and you see in chapter 9 where God is willing to save a, a man who has this violent past, 
And then, let's just, it gets even better. Now, God goes to the house of Cornelius. He sends Peter. And now the Gentiles are now brought in. Do you understand that what we see in the book of Acts is that now when people are being baptized, the gospel was presented, they were baptized, that now the kingdom of God has come to all people on the earth, to all people groups. Now watch this. And when they were baptized, here was the transitions. Let me talk to you about this. First of all, a religious people transitioned to a spiritual people. How many know the Jews were no longer religious? How many know they were spiritual? How many know we know how to operate in religion? Religion says I do this, I get that. Okay, religion says I jump through this hoop, I jump through that hoop, all right? I do enough good works, all right? It's religion is something without a relationship. But how many of you know this morning that when the moment we accept the message of Jesus Christ, we move from religion to relationship where now we are saved by Jesus Christ. And now I am a spiritual person because why? The Spirit of God now lives inside of me. There's a transition that takes place from going through it. Some, listen to me this morning. Some of you need to stop being religious this morning and operate by the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. And then, uh, look at this second group I talked about. It was a lost people transitioning to being found. How many of you know, how many remember the day that Jesus found you? That Jesus found you where all of a sudden you were confronted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You were confronted with his love for you and how he paid, that he found you. And you transition. When, when, listen to me. This is a symbolism of being lost, but then found. It was an, outcast, an outsider transitioning to being an insider. That Ethiopian eunuch went to the temple because he wanted to go worship God. But he could only go so far into that temple because he was emasculated. And he left there. And I imagine he left there dejected. And I imagine he left there disappointed that he could not worship God. And yet, listen to me, God in his infinite, unending, unconditional love sent a man named Philip to that man who sought him so that he could hear the message of salvation. And that man who was an outsider, how many know he just became an insider? And I want to say to you this morning that all of us have been outside the grace of God. All of us have been outside the righteousness of God. All of us have been outside the kingdom of God. And what, we do, what happens is, do you understand this morning that what happens is whenever you and I get saved, the Bible tells me I step into the kingdom of God. I know you know I'm now an immigrant in the kingdom of God. I was once an outsider, but now I'm an insider. Some of you know what it is to be an outsider in life. But let me tell you something. When you put your faith in Jesus, you'll never be an outsider in the kingdom of God. And then this unclean people, right? This unclean people, these Samaritans, these 10 tribes that the Jewish people considered half-breeds and dogs, they would call them. They would walk around Samaria and not go through it. They were an unclean people. Come on, how many know that they transitioned to being clean in the sight of God? How many know all of us were unclean before God? But when we heard the message and we received the message and we combined it by faith, the Bible says we've been made clean. And when I'm being baptized, guess what? The unclean is being buried and the clean is being raised. Paul gets saved, gloriously saved. He was an enemy of Christ. He was God. He was God. He was Christ's enemy. The Bible says that we had enmity between us and God. The Bible says we were an enemy of God. And yet, here's what I know. The blood of Jesus made me a friend of God. Some of us don't like that concept. We think it makes God too common. It doesn't make God common at all. 
It doesn't bring God down. It brings me up. Come on, how many of you know this morning saying that God's, God, I'm a friend of God, is not, is not making God come down. It's bringing us up to God. It's an enemy transitioned to being an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Cornelius, the Bible says he was a good man, a devout man. He gave regularly to the poor. He gave alms. He gave to the poor. The Jewish people talked good about this Roman. And yet, a good man can't go to heaven without Christ. A good man cannot be redeemed without Christ. A good man is only a good man without Jesus. But with Jesus, a good man transitions to being a better man. Come on. Sometimes, how many know, sometimes our testimonies aren't bad to good. How many know that's neither good to better? Good to best. I know some great people that, he needed, that were just good people that needed to put their faith in Jesus. You see, baptism doesn't save us. No. It's our death, our burial, and our resurrection with the one who did save us. It's me saying, man, uh, that, that, that person, that outcast has died. That persecutor has died. That enemy of God has died. That lost person has died. That religious person has died. That, that, that um, good man has died. And who's being raised is a new creation. That transition that happens because of the one who did save us. Baptism doesn't save us. It is our death, burial, and resurrection with the one who did save us. Again, remember what he said? Peter said, it's not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a conscience towards God. That I'm saying, I'm all in. I'm in. I'm Jesus. You have rocked my world. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in what you did. I believe in your death. I believe in your burial. I believe in your resurrection. I believe in new life. And I want the old man to die. And this is an indication that there's a transition in my life. The message of the cross causes my conscience, causes me to become guilty of my sin. If the message doesn't cause repentance in you, you haven't heard the message. If it hasn't caused repentance, a change of heart, a change of mind, you haven't heard the message. When they said, what must I do? Peter didn't say, and I'll go give money. Go do this. Now you just have to think of your best life now or your best hour now or your best, no, repent. Change the way that you think. Change the direction. Hear me this morning by the Spirit of God. God is saying to some of you this morning, it's time to repent. And repenting doesn't mean I got to mourn and wave and gnash your teeth and rip, rip my claw. It just literally means I've heard the message of Jesus Christ. And I'm changing the way I think and I'm changing my direction. That once was in opposition to him. To now I'm changing and putting my faith in him. Because there's something happens where conviction hits our heart. This is what must I do. You see, the reception of the message gives me freedom from guilt. You see, it's the message that causes conviction. It's the message that causes me to see my shame. It's the conviction that causes me to see my guilt of sin. But yet what happens is when I put my faith 
in the message of Jesus Christ, when I put my faith in Jesus, all of a sudden now, how many know he frees me from that guilt? That I'm not walking in guilt and shame any longer. I'm no longer afraid of God. I'm no longer afraid. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Baptism is an act of my clear conscience towards God through my conscience being made clean by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Come on, Troy. Love those three words, don't you? Favorite three words of the house. Come on, Troy. Teresa, can I have you go over and grab Pastor Chris and tell her to bring the kids over? We're getting ready for baptism. Kids love to watch this, plus we have kids being baptized. You see, for some of you who may have been saved and baptized many, many years ago, number one, it's a refresher. But number two, there are some of you in this house today, you've never, you've never received the message of Jesus Christ. You've heard it, but you've never received it. You see, when we do, there's a transition that happens in our life. When I, when I hear that message, and it causes me to say, what am I going to do? What do I do with this sin? What do I do with this guilt? What do I do with this? And let me tell you something. You'll never come to a place of conviction without the Holy Spirit. You can't convict yourself because the Bible says that we think we're going a way that's right. You think you're right. I say to you, sir, I say to you, ma'am, your path has been wrong. And much of the fruit of your life has been because your path has been wrong. And yet, you've walked in anger towards other people, and you've always been the victim, and all you are is a victim of your sin. All you are is a victim of your own sin. All you are is your victim of your own choices. And yet, you've blamed everybody else, and you've even blamed God. And then we begin to justify our sin in the eyes of God. But there's a message this morning. And that message is simple. Salvation is only found in one name. And it's Jesus Christ. Him crucified. Him buried. Him raised from the dead. And when you put your faith in that message, and if you put your faith in that person, when you put your faith in that person, there is a transition that happens in your life. And the transition that happens in your life is much as what we saw this morning. Some of you are gonna move from being religious to spiritual. Some of you move from being lost to found. Some of you move from being good to better. Some of you move this morning. You, you move from being an outsider to an insider. You were outside the kingdom of God, outside the people of God, but now you've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a transition God wants for your life. And when we're baptized, we're saying, that's it. That's the transition. I personally believe, and I'm going to close with this. Every preacher's last, famous last words. But I also want to raise the stakes for just a moment. I have a personal conviction, and some people agree with it, some people don't. Some teach it, some don't. And I always ask the question, why was Jesus baptized? 
And we always get the answer, well, he did it because, as an example for us. The sinless one did not need to be baptized. He wasn't being baptized for sin. He never sinned. How I many know he didn't need to repent? So why was he baptized? I personally believe, remember he said to John, permit it to be so, to fulfill all righteousness. Hmm. I personally believe it ties into the Old Testament Levitical system where the priest of God at the age of 30 had to go through a ceremony of being washed in water and anointed with oil. And then they would walk into their priestly service at the age of 30. Jesus at the age of 30 comes to the Jordan River getting ready to enter into his priestly ministry. And he looks at John and he says, John says, no, 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 you, no I should be, you should be baptizing me. No, no, let it be so. And what happens? He's baptized in water, comes out. Remember the story? The Bible says, and the Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, came down and remained upon him. How many know oil in the scripture is symbolic of the anointing of the Holy Spirit? And here was Jesus, my high priest, your high priest, the last high priest, cleansed in water and anointed with the Spirit of God, now walking into his ministry. And I would say to you this morning, those of you who are saved and you've been baptized, that we need to understand something. The Bible says we were made priests of God. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood. Revelation 5 says we've been made priests by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I would say to you this morning that one of the things that we understand is that you and I now are walking in a priestly ministry. And part of this needs to be an understanding that I'm not just making a pledge towards God, but now I'm accepting a mantle upon my life that I'm going to walk and operate as a priest of God in the land of the living. As an intercessor, intercessory person in the life of God's people. Baptism is you saying this. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm in. I heard the message. I received the message. And I'm going to live the message. And I'm going to proclaim the message. I'm all in. Are you all in? That was so weak. I'm all in. You can be baptized right now, Brent. Today's your day. You want it, you got it. We usually do a class, but let me say this to you. you there, there were no baptism classes in the, in, the, in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. They baptized them when they said they wanted to be baptized. Your faith is in Jesus Christ today. I'll dunk you. <laughs> I like that term. Somebody get this man a shirt. Get this man a shirt. Probably a um, medium. Good, ain't I? We need a medium shirt. And if we have a towel, bring us a towel. You share your daughters? Okay. You see, why? Why would I do it? Because listen to me. Somebody heard the message. Is hearing the message and saying, I want to be baptized. not my style, is it? I'm going to ask Peter to take your spot. People are going to come up and, and people, you know, let me tell you something. We always do, we have no problem doing children. Now, we want them to understand what they're doing. 
and we want them to understand the message of Jesus. Pastor Chris vets that in children's ministry. If she says they have an understanding of it, good enough for me. And we do it. People say, well, well what, do they, what do they do it now and they, 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 and they do it again? So? <laughs> so? <laughs> I don't care if they do it 27 times in their life. Amen? What's that? Yeah, the cost goes up every time. It's a joke. And so this morning, I forget where I put my, is there another list up there? Okay. Anyhow, we have some who are not here today. But we're going to start with, we're going we're to let the children lead us this morning. Amen? And so the first one, there we go. The first one, if I could have Lucas Fulmer. Lucas Fulmer is going to come up. So this is Lucas. I had the honor of being with him earlier. So Lucas, do you have anything you want to say today? I want to be seen as part of God. I want to be seen as part of on God's team. Good. Good. Awesome. Come on. Nice and warm? Yep. It's really warm, isn't it? It's like a hot tub. All right, you sit down right there. I got you. You know what your name means? It means white. Well, at least the one I looked up means white. And someday I owe your mommy a whole thing on that, but I, I've been a slacker, so, you know, tell her she has to forgive me, okay? Your name means white. White speaks of purity. And, man, when I, when I, when I, when I baptize you today, my, my prayer is I baptize you that the rest of your life you'll live as a pure man before God, that there'll be a spirit of purity by the Spirit of God that lives inside of you, that you're robed in righteousness because of Jesus Christ, but you would walk in a spirit of of wholeness, a spirit of righteousness, a spirit of purity all the days of your life. And so listen, do this for me. Take this handful on your nose, put this one here on your wrist, and I'll grab you right there, all right? So Lucas, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and because, you know what, your desire is to be on his team, I'm now baptizing you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Riley Kramer. Riley Kramer. Come on, Jeff. So, Riley, do you have anything you'd like to say today? I want to thank Jesus for saving me. Amen. Boy, is, what, do you, what do you call him? Pappy? Pappy's the best. Like, Pappy is the best word in the world. Am I right, Rick Becker? Amen. There is no better word than pappy, i got to tell you. Right? This is your pappy. And he is so proud of you. And I want him to come up and help me. Okay? He loves you. Are you ever afraid? Are there things in the world afraid? Are you ever scared? Sometimes? You know what your name means? Courageous. 
you're going to be a courageous person. You're not going to live in fear. You're not going to live. I, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen today. All right? That, that you're putting your faith in Jesus. And when I baptize you, I'm going to put to rest. I'm not Jesus. Is. And there's going to be a transition that takes place. That sometimes this fearful little girl that sometimes consumes you is going to go under. And we're going to raise that courageous woman of God. That courageous woman of God who's strong in the Lord. Okay? So from all the days of your life from this point forward, I want you to be strong and courageous. Okay? Put that one there. There you go. So Riley, because of your profession and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and because he has a destiny for you and a transition in your life from fear to courage, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> now, listen to me. Give him a big hug. Give him a big hug right now. Right now. need some help with this one. Lones Gerlach. What does his name mean? Do you know? Thank you. I looked everywhere and couldn't find it. And if I can't find it, I'm feeling really frustrated because I'm telling you, I can find names. And I could not find that. What is it? Where's it, where it from? Okay. So what, what background is that? Loans is here. What do you got to say, son? Thank you, Jesus, for this moment. Amen. Sit down right there. Loans, your name is Peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What a great smile. I love your eyes. They're so kind. Are you kind? Kind to your brothers and sisters? Okay. I'm not always. <laughs> he thought that was funny. All right. I don't know how, but you're going to be a vessel that brings peace to situations. Give me a peacemaker. So, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Victoria Keller. I, I may not have names for everybody, I'm just telling you. But I'm, I'm doing my best. All right, Victoria, what do you got to say for yourself today? I want to thank Tristan and Danielle for... Um, Get to know my Lord. 
for letting you get to know your Lord. <laughs> and you're grateful for that. Wow. Do you intend to serve the Lord all the days of your life? That's good news. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Right? our tears in a bottle that he loves us so much that he literally collects our tears in like bottles that's how precious you are to him but see these tears you have now you're going to have other kind of tears too they're going to be tears of joy where you're going to have so much joy it's going to cause tears you're going to have laughter belly laughter that causes tears to come out of your eyes for the joy of the lord your name means victory triumphant and you're going to walk in victory. Even over the things, there's already things in your life you think, man, man, that, that stunk or this stinks and I've been defeated. Ah, victory is yours in Jesus Christ. Victory is yours and you will walk in victory all the days of your life. You trust in him, you wait upon him and you will walk in victory. I make that promise to you today, okay? Love those tears. Don't ever lose them. The tenderness before God. Now, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're going to put to death a spirit of defeat. And we're going to be raised as a spirit of victory all the days of your life. <laughs> Don't let me hang it. Destiny Latiri. Destiny, what do you have to say today? I just want to thank Jesus for saving me and allowing me to have this moment. trust in him and you will put your faith in him and you will walk with him all the days of his life you will reach the destiny he has for you amen all right father her profession of faith in you is why we bring her to you and, and today we're going to baptize her in the name of the father son and the holy spirit 
And Father, I, we, we, there's a transition in her life. That this is not somebody who's based on faith. This is somebody who's based upon a divine design by God. And this new creation will walk and fulfill the purpose of her life in Jesus' name. Robert Latiri. <laughs> he makes me laugh. Um, so, what do you have to say for yourself? I'm very thankful for Jesus for coming in my heart. That's good news. I'll put you in that one. I don't know if I can get you out. <laughs> Robert, you go by Bobby? What do you go by? Robert, Bobby? Bobby. I like Bobby. You know what my first name is? They call me Jim. But you know what my first name is? Robert. Yeah, man. Me and you. We're tight. The Bobs. They call us the Bobs. <laughs> You're in water, bobbing. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. What's these marks on your head? I know, why? You know what? He's got, a, he's got a J in his head over here in his hair, and he has a C over here, and this is for Jesus Christ. You know what Robert means? It means we're great. <laughs> Actually, it kind of does. It means bright fame. Now, there's a lot of people in this world have fame, but they're not great in the Lord. You see, God wants to make you famous for Him. Not, not that you're going to have like, you know, this large following of people. No, that's not what I mean. That people would know you for who you know, Jesus. And, and just as you have marked your head for Him, He has marked you for Him. That He has marked you son. He has marked you for a future. He has marked you for greatness. I love your smile. Don't ever lose it, man. Okay, good. All right. Come on. Put this one here. We'll just switch me. There you go. I can grab this one and bring you back up. I'd hate to lose you down there. Oh, God, I thank you for Bobby. Thank you for his life. Thank you that he marked himself for you. Thank you that you marked him for you. And so, Father, this right now, because of his profession of faith in you and his love for you, I'm going to baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'm going to raise this young boy. And you're going to raise him for your glory. In Jesus' name. I got you. Brenna Walters.
So Brenda's here. She's looking good. So what's going on? I'm going to thank Jesus for um, saving me. not for I am with you always. That is a great shirt. You think they have my size? Can I borrow yours? You think it'll be too big on me? <laughs> I love messing with him. Can you tell? He will be with you always. Always. You know what your name means? Raven. Raven. Interesting. Now I'm not going to do this scripture justice, but there's a, Bible, there's a part in Psalms, I believe it is, if it's not in Psalms, don't be correct me. <laughs> but there's a place where the Bible says that God feeds the ravens. He feeds them. But there's an interesting thing happens in the Bible. In 1 Kings 17, I think it is, maybe 2 Kings, I don't know. Prophet Elijah, he's hungry. God sends him food by a raven. He commands the ravens to feed his prophet. So get this. There's one place in Scripture that says God feeds the ravens. And there's another place where he uses them to feed his prophet. And I think what's going to happen in your life, and I, you know, I might be wrong, I'm a little crazy sometimes, is that God wants to fill you, feed you, and he wants to put so much inside of you that you will then be able to feed others by what comes out of you. How cool is that? Like, that is so cool. Well, I think it's cool. So that's what I want to see happen in your life. Amen? Can you do that? I'm sure you can. So Father, we bring Brenda before you because of her profession of faith in you. I'm going to baptize her in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm praying that she lives to this name where you will feed her all the days of her life. But as you feed her, she becomes one who feeds others. Mm, that is such a wonderful thought. As a father, make her a receptacle of food and a distributor of your word. In Jesus' name. I think I have all the children done, right? My, my word, who am I missing? Well, if it's not on the list, it's okay. I just forget what his name means. Hey, I did it. I did his name one time. So Grayson tells me he's going to serve the Lord all the days of his life. Is that right, sir? Yes. Great. Hey, let's 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 do, let's do you the cool way. Watch, watch. Come here, put this here. Ready? Ready? Whoa! If I was doing that with my grandson, I'd have thrown him in. It's okay. Sit down. Just sit down right here. Oh, back up. There you go. Good. I know I did his name one time. I gave it to you. Son of a steward. Thank you for reminding me. A steward is someone who's responsible for the things of God. The Bible tells us about how he brought talents. He brought money and gave it to his servants. And they were to be responsible for it. And they were to put it to work for him. And, and so you are the son of a steward. 
son of God, but you will be a faithful steward all the days of your life. So give me your hand. Give me this one. Put that on your nose. Okay? Put this on your wrist. There you go. And I'll hold. Nope, you grab your wrist. That's good enough. All right? So, buddy, Grayson, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and because I think you have a destiny to be a steward of God, you steward the things of God well, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Any more children? Okay. Michael Albright. So, sir, what do you have to say for yourself? I'd like to say that I am honored and privileged to be a son of the Most High God. Like Pastor Jim says, I'm all in. What's that? I'm going to be a deaf man. I've got to speak up. <laughs> okay. I'll yell at you. He's taking his hearing aids out. And if you can't hear me, it'll be, on C- it'll be on tape later or on something later. Stream, CDs. You got to speak up. I can't hear you. Uh, it's okay. I'll mess with them. I'll go like this. Okay. Sit your butt on there. Put your feet. There you go. Oh, it's deeper. Oh yeah. Look at that. How cool is that, huh? <laughs> uh, okay, if you can hear me. I can hear you now, buddy. <laughs> this is an honor. I consider this an honor. Yeah, you came into our house. You already had a knowledge of God when you came to our house, this this house. And yet some God has been stretching you in ways. And you and I have some great conversations. And you're a thinker and you're a student of the word. And God's been taking you on this journey. Michael means who is like God. You know, you know who's like God? The Son of the Most High. The Son of the Most High is like His Father. And what God's doing in your life is making you more and more like Him. You've got a knowledge of Him. But what He's doing is saying, now, I'm going to take that knowledge and I'm going to combine it with intimacy so you can become just like me. My pleasure. I won't want to be baptized by anybody else. Amen. Put that on your nose. Put that on your nose. Let me put this one on your wrist right there, and I got you. Well, Michael, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and the transformation that is happening in your life where you are becoming like God, you had wonderful knowledge of God, you have education of God, you're a student of the Word, but now through intimacy and relationship, you're going to become even more like God. And so today, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to baptize you in the name of the Spirit and baptize you in the name of the Father. And the one who is like the Son of God will emerge out of this water in Jesus' name.
Randy Fay. There she comes. Randy's here. She's looking good. She's ready. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. He did that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Good for you. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Nervous? Yes. It's all right. I'll bring you back up. I promise. You know what your name means? Lovely goddess. Yeah, exactly. You, you, listen, you take that home with you. Any arguments? I'm a lovely goddess. <laughs> like, I've just weaponized you. Okay? You get in an argument, say, listen, pal, I'm the goddess here, okay? <laughs> but, I, but, I, but, but I love it because, see, while we know you're not a goddess, you are like God. You're a child of God. Image of Christ. Lovely. Lovely. He's the one that makes you lovely. It's his spirit in you. And I'm sure you have unlovely moments. I go figure, we all have them, right? But what God's going to do in your life is you got a beautiful temperament, I think, and a beautiful spirit. And I don't know you much. But I really believe that what God's going to do is turn you into this. It's like a, like a what, I, what I see is like a, a flower, this lovely flower that's going to put off this beauty that people see, but this fragrance that people smell. It's a lovely fragrance, the fragrance of Christ. And that, that fragrance is going to permeate rooms and permeate people's lives. And they're going to see him in you. And there's been some unlovely times and some unlovely moments. And even now you're saying, me? Me? Yeah, you. Because it ain't about you. It's the Spirit of God in you. It's the Spirit of God in you who's transforming and changing you. hand on your wrist. I'll take you right there. Randy, I, uh, I'm going to baptize you because of your profession of faith. And I'm going to do that in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're going to leave some unlovely moments under that water. Just as they took a body of Jesus that was beaten, pierced, and then they cleaned it best they could, embalmed it, spices, then they put it in a tomb. But that's not the body that came out of that tomb. It was a resurrected body come out of that tomb. It was a glorified body come out of that tomb. And we're going to bury some unlovely moments and some unlovely things. And God's raising you to be a display of his beauty and a fragrance of God. In Jesus' name. I got you. <laughs> My friend. Richard, right? Richard. Have you decided to follow Jesus? I have for a long time. Uh, I just... Never got baptized. Oh, so now's the time. 
um, a Vietnam vet, and he looked over to me to a lot. Now it's time for me to do for him in any way I can. Okay. Vietnam vet. Yes, sir. Those were rough days, weren't they? Yes, sir. Living after, it's been some rough days. Jesus was a vet of war. Bob was, made, he made war against the enemy on our behalf. And, and just like you went to the war on, and fought a war on behalf of others, Jesus went to war on our behalf against the principalities and the authorities, against sin, against death, against the grave, and he was victorious. And because he was victorious, we walk in victory. And you've got some dark moments in your mind. Yeah, and some of those have led you at times to do things you'd rather not have done. Sometimes they lead us to bottles, and sometimes they lead us to pills, and sometimes they lead us to stuff. And, and there's just darkness over those things that we've seen and experienced. And we run and we chase and we're trying to, to get away from those things, and we can't get away from them. And yet, the Bible says that our mind can be renewed. That our mind can be renewed. And it's not that we'll never think of them again. It's we will think differently about them. And what you're doing today is you're presenting yourself as a living sacrifice today. To be holy and acceptable before Him. And what God's going to do, if you will allow Him, is He will take this mind that has some dark places and some dark memories that sometimes leads you into days of just, just like, like there's anger sometimes. And there's, and I, and I don't know this for a fact. I'm kind of just believing God's telling me this. And nightmares, oh, sleep, son, sleep. And you're angry sometimes. And you lose sleep and you got nightmares. And there's medications involved. God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. Free in your mind. Free in your body. Free in your spirit. Oh, God, touch my friend. Father, this moment, even this moment, as I put my hands upon him. Come on, Peter, put your hands on him. Father, even in this moment, as I put my hands upon him, freedom, deliverance, Father, deliverance from the demons that torment him, deliverance from the, and I don't mean you're possessed by demons. I mean there's demons that are harassing you and demons that torment you in your dreams and in your night and your nightmares and your thoughts. And Father, I pray deliverance on this by, by the power of Jesus Christ, by the name of Jesus Christ. We say peace be still. We say peace in this man, peace in his mind, peace in his body, peace at sleep. I speak Jesus over his life right now. And Father, there's a willingness in his part today that he's heard a message. And he's saying, I believe the message, but more than the message, I believe in the person of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, I'm all in. And there's part of him is just desperately believing you to set him free. So, Father, I pray and ask you that when we lay this man under the water, the old would die. The nightmares would die. Thoughts would die. The past would die. Yes. The old is gone. The new has come. 
of faith. A life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a new day, my friend. It's a new day. Father, I thank you for this man's life. I thank you for his life. I thank you that you spared his life. He's here today because of the grace of God. He's here with you because of the goodness of God. And Father, this is a man that says, I'm putting my faith in you. And it's a man who's saying he wants more from you. And he needs some things from you. And there's even a part of him that's desperate in his spirit. Father, he's putting his faith in you. He's putting your faith in your son. this day I baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when I lay him under the water, the old is gone. And that which haunts him is dead. And the power of the enemy is dead. You disarmed them. And King Richard, King Richard is born. King Richard, son of the Most High God, called to roll and reign with you be raised to life. In Jesus' name, amen. You're going to sleep. You're going to sleep. You're going to sleep. That is the last one. Come on, church. Give God praise. Come on, church. These are not just routines we go through. These are not just things we do. I believe these have spiritual defining moments in them. And I believe we spoke destiny over people this morning. And I believe we buried things under the water this morning because of what Jesus Christ does in our lives. The old is gone, the new has come.